The following is a continuation of the previous episode. Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this episode, we continue to look at the life of Noah. This man's faith led to a radical obedience. Noah suffered for his faith. It was a risk and it cost him something. We will look at two structures. In one, the shape of a triangle, and the other in the design of a time frame that will help us to adopt a proper perspective. Because without a true perspective, we cannot adequately exercise our faith. So this is the picture of Noah. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject to him. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. Okay? So here we've got the triangle and we've got a time frame. I've got me and other people. I've got me and God. I get to pick which suffering I want to incur. I can suffer the rejection of people. And when will that happen? What's the time frame for that if I'm going to do good? It's now, right? It's pretty immediate. And what I gain is glory from God, a reward from God, which is probably out there somewhere, which is why it takes faith to please God. Or I can appease these people and go along with them now and what I'm going to get is loss from God. I don't please God. You see you see the difference in perspectives and time frames? Noah probably did not have a pleasant hundred years. That was probably a, a pretty unpleasant time for him. But he was saved from the flood. He was saved from the consequences of the flood. Everybody else is in prison. You kind of see the, you see the, it's pretty dramatic, the picture that he's painting here. These people are in prison now. They had a hundred years of eating, drinking, and making merry, and now they're in prison. Noah had a hundred years where he was getting splinters in his fingers and getting mocked. And now he's in the hall of faith. See the contrast? Have the same mind for he who suffered in the flesh ceased from sin. Chapter 4, verse 2. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Buried in, in Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Verse 3. For we've spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you don't run with them in the same. Here we got the triangle again. Uh, Now, Peter is writing this letter to a group of Jews. And the Gentiles come to these guys and say, hey, you you used to party with us and you're not doing it anymore. How come? And and these guys say, well, I'm walking a different life now. And they think it's strange. They think it's strange you not not rud with them in the same flood of dissipation. Now, this the translators have helped us with the picture here a little bit. This isn't actually the same word as the flood, like the water, but it's the same idea. 
the water came in and drowned the world and ended life. Well, that's exactly the same thing sin does. We've been raised to walk in the newness of life, the life of Jesus. And if we instead, and that's our ark, the life of Jesus is our ark. And when we live in the ark, we're saved from the effects of this flood of sin, our flesh. We can walk outside the ark any time. And when we do, we're walking right into the flood and all the destruction that it brings. And they speak evil of you. Here again, we've got the rejection of men. Which are we going to be more afraid of? The rejection of men or displeasing God? There's a time frame difference. There's a tangibility difference. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. We want to see evidence of things not seen. And that's the Word of God. Verse 5, They will give an account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. They may be mocking you now. They may be rejecting you now. They're storing up for themselves judgment. God's ready to judge right now. He's just waiting for the time. For this reason, the gospel was preached all those to those who are now dead, that they may be judged according to men, but live according to God and the Spirit. This is the reason God went and built the ark and took all this time. He could have just plopped Noah up, destroyed the world, and then put him back. But he had Noah build this ark, so through Noah, people could get the point. They could have the testimony. There's a a way to be saved from this condemnation. Well, the end of all things is at hand, verse 7, for us. Okay, The world's going to still... There's a new pronouncement. The world's going to end. It's going to be burned up. We're not exactly sure when, but it's certain. When it is, everyone's going to be judged. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable without grumbling. Have you seen this list before? Love others, be hospitable, and be content with things such as you have. Have you seen this list before? Where'd you see it? Hebrews 13. Let's start with 12.25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape him or refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now is promised, saying, yet once more I'll shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Okay? He shook the earth before. He's, he's going he's to shake heaven this next time. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. The old, this earth's going to go away. There's a theme here, right? If we try to please these people who are just temporary and are going to be judged, and if we cling to this earth that's going to be destroyed, we are to be pitied because we're clinging to things that are temporal and won't last. Therefore, since we're receiving a new earth, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace, which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. It's almost exactly the same phraseology. So, what do you do? Let brotherly love continue. Remember the prisoners. This is one that Peter didn't have. Be hospitable. 
Have a good marriage. Be without covetousness. Don't grumble and, have, and, and don't be covetous. They're basically two sides of the same coin. It's the same thing. When we do these things, what are we doing? In Noahic terms. When we, when we live like this, what are we doing? We're building an ark. We're, we're being a witness. We're preaching the gospel so that people can be judged according to men in the flesh but made alive in the Spirit. And maybe they'll want what we have. This is the message of the Hall of Faith. You want to, do we want to be live in a flood of dissipation, which is pain to us now? It's not just in the future. Or do we want to live in the ark? Be saved from that, both from the effects of the flood of dissipation of our own flesh, of the world system, which will cause us consternation from other people. And please God. The end is near. Let's build an ark. The last part of uh, Hebrews 11, um, pertaining to Noah. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. He was a witness. He escaped... Destruction for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world. His witness created accountability and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. This is a phrase Paul really loves. Became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And of course, the book that Paul wrote where this is the theme of the whole book is righteousness according to faith Paul Romans Romans so let's just flip through Romans and just see some of these instances of righteousness of faith it starts in Romans 1 17 starting 16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus preached the gospel through Noah, and Noah built the ark. Paul loves the gospel. Why? It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The Jew first, also the Greek. For in it, the gospel, righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And what Paul's going to demonstrate in the book of Romans is that righteousness begins when we're justified by faith freely without any uh, requirements whatsoever of behavior on our part. Just enough faith to look. Just like Abraham, just like David. And then it becomes manifest through experience, the reality in our lives... When we walk by faith, that's why it's from faith to faith. And we're saved from the penalty of sin. And then we're saved from the power of sin, looking forward to the time when we'll be saved from the very presence of sin. And all three of these things are salvation. They come through faith, through believing. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. How is it revealed? 
How's the righteousness of God revealed? Through the gospel. How's it revealed though? How's it shown? How's it witnessed? Through people. Building arcs. Living in obedience. When we walk in faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's look at Romans 4. Romans 4. Well, how how did Abraham get righteousness? Verse 10. While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Well, while he's uncircumcised. And he received the sign of the circumcision, which was a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while he was still uncircumcised. Righteousness of faith comes through believing, not through ceremony. This is justification. And sanctification comes in chapter 9, verse 30. The actual coming of righteousness as a reality in our daily walk, the way we actually build the ark is this way. Chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say to then? What's the conclusion of all the passage up to this time? The theme verse of Romans is, the just shall live by faith, live by faith. So Romans is mainly about living by faith, building an ark of a life of faithfulness. What shall we say then? This is what we say. Here's the the big point. That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. Paul is writing this whole book of Romans to a group of Roman Christians whose faith is being spoken of throughout the whole world, defending his gospel from slander from Jewish competitors who are claiming that grace is not the basis for salvation, but Judaism is and religious practice. See, these Gentiles weren't even pursuing it, but they attained it. How? The righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? They didn't seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law, upon which they stumbled. Chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God for Israel is that they may be saved. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is the law this way. Man who does those things shall live by them. And if we had time, we could go to Leviticus chapter 18, where this is quoted. And what we would find in Leviticus 18 is a whole list of law rules. And it's mostly sexual stuff. Don't have sex with your mom. Don't have sex with your father's wife. Now, why would he say that when he just got through saying, don't have sex with your mom? Might be a stepmom. And he goes through and he does all these things and closes loopholes. Why would he close loopholes? That's because we look for them. Because what the law does is give us a, a challenge to find loopholes so we can do what we still wanted to do and not break the law, right? That's how it works. That does not create righteousness. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. And then he quotes Deuteronomy 30. And Deuteronomy 30, I'm going to paraphrase, says... This is Moses speaking. Look, guys, this is not that hard. 
It's not like you have to have a missionary come from some across the sea and explain it. It's just not that hard. It's not like you have to have an angel come down out of heaven and explain this. It's just not that hard. You know the right thing to do. You know it in your heart. So speak it and do it. That's all the hard this is. See, I'm giving you two roads today, guys. A road of life and a road of death. A road of blessing and a road of cursing. Choose life. I'm giving you a choice, but I'm encouraging you to choose life. Because if you do, you'll live. And if you choose death, you'll die. Does that sound familiar relative to Noah? Get in the ark. Live. If you don't, you're going to die. Once the door shuts, it's too late. And he's talking to elect people. This is not a heaven and hell passage. He's talking to Israel about whether they're going to get blessing or not. And this is the way life goes. It's a stark contrast. The end is near. We will have lived our lives building an ark, eating and drinking and being merry. If we eat and drink and be merry, there'll be a lot of people that'll go along with us. Uh, More than likely we'll suffer from it because sin brings death. It's a consequence of sin. But at least we can avoid shame, at least in some respect. But then we won't please God. And and the the loss is immense. On the other hand, we can do good. If you do good, you're going to suffer for it. Those who desire to live godly will be persecuted, 2 Timothy tells us. But we'll please God. Noah, moved with godly fear, chose to do all that God asked him to do. In doing so, he created a witness that condemned the world. We're asked to build an ark too. We are buried in Christ, raised to walk in the newness of life. When we walk in the newness of life, we're building an ark. We're invited every day to walk in a flood of dissipation of the the desires of the flesh. The root of which is envy and self-seeking. We feel it every day, all day long, don't we? We We still live in this body of death. But by faith, we can put that to death and walk in loving one another and being hospitable and being content with what we have. And in doing so, we're building an ark and following Noah in the hall of faith. Uh, God, thanks for this amazing man, Noah, and his example of faith. Help us build arks, Lord. We don't know when you're coming back, but we know it's soon. And when you do, you're going to be ready to judge. Uh, God, help us not suffer for doing evil, but for doing good. Help us see beyond the time frame of our own personal pain and walk in pleasing you because we have a greater mission and that greater mission is to please you and in doing so 
receive the fulfillment of all you made us to be as you promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowballoons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.